This is the I Will Teach You a Language podcast, episode 64. Welcome to the I Will Teach You a Language podcast. Weekly motivation and language learning tips to help you become fluent in any language. Now, here's your host, Ollie Richards. Hello, welcome back to the show. Thanks so much for listening. And I kind of felt inspired today to record this special two-part episode um, all about uh, language studying routines because uh, it's something that I've been experimenting with recently and I've had some really great results. So I want to share these experiments with you guys so maybe you could draw some inspiration from it. And before we get into that, I just want to thank the sponsors of the show, the wonderful italki, where I get my language lessons every week. In fact, I've got one in about an hour from now. If you'd like to get a free lesson with a professional teacher or an informal tutor of, of any kind, you can go to iwillteachyoualanguage.com forward slash free lesson. Now, I was in New York recently and had a fantastic time in New York. Um, and I remember clearly walking down some leafy avenue in Brooklyn, uh, talking to my friend Richard, and and he was saying to me, you know, so Ollie, you know, when you go back to London, you know, what, what are you going to be working on? And I, it got me thinking because, you know, in the last the last few years, I've kind of jumped from one language to the next. Now, I've I've had you know some degree of success in all those languages, but I haven't. What I haven't done is kind of picked one language and got to a very very high level with it. You know, I'm, I'm very happy with my Japanese, happy with my Cantonese. Um, my Arabic's a work in progress still. But um, despite that fact, I haven't got to the kind of C1 level that I would I'd really like to be in, in either Japanese or Cantonese. And, and, you know, there's so many languages out there that I'd love to learn. I really want to learn German. In fact, I will be learning German. And there's a secret project that I've got, which I guess it's not so secret anymore because I've just told you what it is. But I won't give give away any details just yet. But stay tuned for around January, February time for something very exciting uh, happening there. But yeah, so there's all these languages I'd like to learn. But, you know, the more when I think about the next few years and what I'd like to do and what I'd like to achieve in my own language learning, I'm more inclined at the moment to actually go back and consolidate the languages I've already learned than to just go and you know, pick up a, a couple more kind of as playthings, you know. Um, and I made this decision to to do this, to actually go back and to learn, to really improve my Cantonese. I'd like to be a very, very proficient Cantonese speaker. And so as I was talking to Richard in, in Brooklyn about this, I, I kind of, I said, you know what, That that's it. I, I When I think about what I really want to do, a few years from now, if I look back and think about what I've achieved, I would like to be able to say, you know, I have used this time to become effing good in Cantonese. And so that's what I've decided to do. And um, so I came back to London and I said to myself, right, well, this is a a challenge for sure. You know, I'm, I'm living in London. Uh, it's, it's not Hong Kong. <laughs> I've got to figure out a way of getting where I want to go in Cantonese. And... Um, you know, I, I'm a busy guy as well. I do lots of different things. And I said to myself, right, well, after all these last few years experience of learning languages and we, with everything I know, how am I going to go about actually making sure that I achieve what I want to achieve? It's kind of one of these moments where it's kind of do or die because I've, I consider myself fairly knowledgeable about languages and language learning. And I've, I have certainly got the knowledge and the ability to really apply myself and achieve my goals. So this is the time that I thought, right, I'm really going to apply myself to this. I'm really going to do everything in my power to learn to speak very, very good Cantonese. And I, and I, and I, and I said that to, 
to Richard as we were talking and I made the resolution right there to go back to London and do it. So a couple of weeks later, I was back in London and I started to put together this crazy language routine starting at 5 a.m. and lasting until about 10 at night. And I'd like to tell you about that routine now and how I put it together, why I made the decisions that I I, I, I did. And then in the next episode, I'm going to talk to you about how what key questions I think you could ask yourselves about how to implement a strong language routine yourselves. Now, as I'm as I'm telling you about this routine, I'd just like you to bear in mind that this is a routine that works very well for me in my current situation at this current stage in my life. I don't expect anyone else to actually take this and apply this exact same routine. It wouldn't make sense. Um, indeed, if I was to try and do this like a year from now, it would almost certainly be different because my routine would have changed. All right, so this is very much something to take inspiration from and not to not to clone or not to try to imitate. Um, all right, so but bearing that in mind, let's get into it. So I now wake up at five o'clock in the morning and I do that because I want to be able to dedicate some core language study time to Cantonese before the day itself starts. I find that as soon as other people are up and about, I'm outside, I'm doing things, I tend to focus only on my work and what needs to be done. I find it very difficult to sit down and concentrate on on specific things. Okay, So I believe that you need every day to have a certain fixed core time that you spend um, studying the language that you're learning. You could call it sit down, study time, whatever you want to call it. It needs to be focused and it needs to be a dedicated time that you're really applying yourself and you're using the your the you know your brain power to the best of your ability. So I know from my last few years of trying to do this stuff and I know from the way that my life works that really the only time I can properly focus on stuff consistently day in day out is early morning before before the rest of the world wakes up. So what I do is I wake up at five o'clock and I have I have a shower, I have some breakfast. And I like to journal for for 10, 15 minutes as well. So I open up Evernote and I, I keep a journal. In the journal, I write down things that went well yesterday and things that I'd like to improve for today. It helps me focus on my goals as well, not just in languages, a part of its languages, but also in other areas of my life. I help that I find that if I do that, it helps focus me very clearly on, on the rest of the day to come. And so when I do sit down to work, I know exactly what I'm going to be focusing on. So after I've had breakfast and done that journaling, it's about six o'clock. And then for the next 45 minutes, that's my Cantonese time. And I spend the next 45 minutes in quite concentrated study with Cantonese. Now, it, it doesn't matter so much exactly what I'm doing with that time right now, but I'll just summarize it by saying I'm focusing on building my vocabulary. So I'm listening to Cantonese material. I'm extracting vocabulary that I want to learn, that I feel like I should learn and know right now. And I'm spending time actually memorizing that vocabulary, coming up with mnemonics and other ways to help me remember that vocabulary. Once that's done, I kind of feel like that's my core work for the day. So even if everything else goes to, you know, goes down the, down the pan, at, at, the le- at least I've got that 45 minutes done and that's a solid amount of work that I think I could be proud and happy with for that day. Now at 6.45, I leave the house and I walk to a a cafe nearby. I live very near a place in London called Canary Wharf where uh, there's a whole, it's, a, it's the, fun, the financial district. They've got loads of cool cafes around there. So I go and I sit in a cafe and the walk to the cafe is about 20 minutes. And so for, for during that walk, I 
listen to Cantonese. I have something loaded up on my on my phone, and I listen to some. It's actually listening drills. I use the Glossika system at the moment to um, to practice listening to Cantonese, and also it drills me on some things. So I'll be listening and I'll be speaking as well. I do that for about fifteen twenty minutes, and then I tend to work all morning in the cafe. And about twelve o'clock, I walk back home and I listen to that, that those same drills again for about fifteen twenty minutes. So by the time I get home and have lunch, I've already done, you know, getting on for an hour and a half of, or at least an hour, you know, an hour and a quarter maybe of, of Cantonese. And then I tend to have lunch. And after lunch, what I'll do is I'll have a speaking, uh, I'll have a lesson, I'll have a Cantonese lesson. And it's either, it's usually, um, it depends what teacher I'm using, but it can either be 30 minutes, it might be 45 minutes, it might be an hour. I'm tending to actually reduce the time I'm spending on lessons now. Um, this is another bit of advice I got from, from Richard Simcott. That he finds that he uh, actually, a 30 minute lesson is more productive than an hour lesson often. And so what I'm trying to ex- do at the moment is to have regular, more regular 30 minute lessons than to have an hour long session. So no, for me, I, th- I find 30 minutes a bit short, but at the very least, that's what I'm experimenting with the mo- at the moment. So four or five times a week at one o'clock after lunch, I'll have a Cantonese lesson. The rest of the afternoon is also work. And then at kind of late, uh, early evening, around 6.45, half past six, something like that, I'll sit down and I'll spend 15 minutes going back over the the stuff that I learned in the morning. So I'm reviewing the things I learned in the morning. And it's only 15 minutes, but that little review time is extremely helpful because it, it helps me to, um, to just, it's another point of contact throughout the day with the stuff that I'm trying to learn. So I do that for about 15 minutes. And then in the, in the evening, what I try to do is to spend about anywhere between 30 minutes and an hour watching Cantonese TV of some kind. I really love Cantonese TV series or movies and things like that. And it's, a, it's uh, something that I can do to relax and obviously get that extra bit of exposure. So all in all, I'm finding that I'm consistently getting at least two hours of Cantonese a day, sometimes as much as three hours, and it's very much spread out throughout the day. And obviously, you know, you may may listen to that and you may think, well, there's no way that I can carve out that amount of time for my language learning, and that's totally fine. You don't have to do quite that much. But the point I want to make is that I feel like I'm able to carve out this time alongside spending eight to ten hours a day working. So there is certainly scope for this. And I think that the, the main thing that the, the main kind of attitude shift I've, I've had, I think, is that this for me is very much a lifestyle. Okay. It, we were talking about this recently in the, in the polyglot workshops when we we're talking about time management, that the more that you think to yourself, man, I have to carve out this time. I have to, I have to make the time to do it. The more you sort of think like that, the more that it becomes a chore and something that you are sort of struggling against. What I've, I've tried to do is to make this a lifestyle, to say to myself, right, this is what I do. You know, I learn languages. This is what I do. Like, you know, just the same way as, as pilots fly planes and musicians play their instruments or singers sing. I am a language learner and I learn languages and I do it every day. It's my lifestyle. It's a choice that I've made. As soon as someone else is imposing this on me, it's not going to work. But for me, it is very much this attitude shift and, and this this direction for me. And so I do sacrifice certain things. I mean, I wake up early. I also go to bed early, so it kind of works out. But I commit to spending that that focus time in the morning, those 45 minutes in the morning to study. I commit to that. I also commit to using 
to, to finding the time during the day to have at least a half an hour lesson because that's necessary. If I'm not actually speaking the language, then this is all for nothing. And I also, in the evening, commit to, what's the best way to say, to exchanging some of the the relaxing, the, the downtime I might have watching TV or whatever in English, I I do that in Cantonese instead. And I find that I can enjoy it just as much, you know, even though I don't understand everything on, on, on TV in, in Cantonese, I can still enjoy it very much. So there is a certain amount of, it might feel like sacrifice, but I think it's much better to frame it as choices. And I'm confident that if I keep this up, this kind of, if I can keep this routine up for, for some months, I'm going to make huge progress. And in fact, just in the last few weeks, I've seen my vocabulary just go through the roof because I've got this dedicated time every morning to actually looking at that and to, and, and, and consciously building my vocabulary, coming up with ways to, re- to remember it, putting it into practice in speaking, and then reviewing it later at the end of the day. Uh, it's, it's working really, really well for me. And, um, and I'm not only very happy doing it, but I'm feeling like I'm making really solid progress that's going to compound over time. All right, so that's that's what that's what's going on. Um, I've got to admit, I get a bit tired from time to time, but it's you know it's it's something that I'm prepared to put up with. And also, at least one day a week, I will just blow it out of the water and sleep in and sort of recoup. So it's not like I it's not like a I stick to this religiously, but I do try to do it every single day, such that if I have days where I'm not feeling great or I don't feel up to it, I can take the day off and not beat myself up about it. All right. So what we're going to do in the next uh, in the next episode is actually analyze this a little bit more, see why I've made those choices, and then see. I'm going to give you some very powerful questions that you can ask yourself to try to implement that in your language learning yourself. All right, so I hope that's helpful. I'd like to thank the sponsors of the show, really the people with, without whom I wouldn't be able to do this. You know, I live in London. It's a big place. There are Cantonese people here, but, you know, not near where I live. And uh, I wouldn't be able to get the practice speaking that I do unless I use italki. So, you know, they're a fantastic company. They enable me to have my language lessons every week. If you'd like to get a free lesson, simply go to iwillteachyourlanguage.com forward slash start speaking. Now, I like to leave end every episode with a resource of some kind. And I'd like to tell you about a, a, a blog post from some time ago, but it's, it's a fantastic excerpt from a Japanese guide. And it's a guide made by my friend John Fotheringham, who is a fantastic guy, very, very good um, writer, and he he published this schedule on, on on my website. I will teach you a language, and it's the rundown of a very, very intensive day of language learning. And it talks about how he studies at different times of the day, what materials he uses. It's a really inspirational read. So, if you'd like to check that out, uh, head over to the show notes at I will teach you a forward slash episode sixty four, and you can check that out. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll see you in the next episode for the continuation.